a, uh, it's a, a special welcome to you all. Happy New Year and thank you for all taking the time to, to join this webinar. This webinar, as you've seen, is, uh, is presented um, by our platinum partner, Inquiry Tracker. Um, you may not know the name, but you'll know, or the name Inquiry Tracker, but you'll certainly know the, the gentleman, um, Greg Campitelli. Uh, Greg's been a long time supporter of Educate Plus. Uh, he's um, presented at numerous conferences. He did a, a, a significant amount of work for the Catholic education sector over the years. And um, he and his brother have seen a need to uh, develop resources to support the areas that they've um, seen as their area of speciality. And we're honoured today that at Educate Plus that Inquiry Tracker have, have selected us as the forum for the worldwide launch of their new Apply program. So this webinar isn't just spruiking uh, Inquiry Tracker or their new product, but it's actually, as you'll see in the first part of the presentation, uh, they're going to be talking about the challenges that you all face with online inquiries. And so they're, they're going to talk to the issue, that the need that you have, and then uh, them, they as a company have developed a, a product that will hopefully assist members in addressing those needs. So without any uh, more ado, I'd just like to, on your behalf, thank you, thank Anthony and Greg for their support of Educate Plus. They've signed up as a platinum partner, um, not only as a platinum partner for the organisation, but they've also taken out the Platinum Partnership at the International Conference. So significant investment for them and we do appreciate their, their support. So welcome guys, uh, look forward to your presentation. Thank you once again. And I wish you every success with your new product, Apply. Thank, thank you, Neil, that's very kind. And I'll hand over to my brother, Anthony, who's in Silicon Valley, San Francisco, uh, to do the first part of the presentation, please. Okay, thanks, Greg. Thanks for those kind words, Neil. Really uh, do appreciate that. And, and welcome, everybody. As Greg mentioned, um, uh, I am uh, based here in San Francisco. We're going to uh, take you through a number of slides at the start, and then we'll go into um, uh, a demo of our product. We're going to keep this nice and tight and brief for you. Just a way, a bit of a background. Um, yeah, again, um, Greg and I are brothers. We founded uh, Inquiry Tracker about three and a half years ago now uh, to address the need that he really saw clearly because he'd done so much work in the education market, which is really how to help schools manage all their inquiries, manage the, you know, the leads that are coming in on their website, how to handle events, et cetera. And so we used his, his experience combined with my background in high technology we ended up building out the company Inquiry Tracker. And Greg, you might want to say a few words about yourself as well. Yeah, well, so I've spent 37 years in education and not-for-profit sector as a teacher, year-level coordinator responsible for admissions, uh, director of marketing and admissions, been on many boards, written dozens and dozens of marketing and enrollment plans for schools, and then uh, kept finding the same struggle about, we spent a lot of money on promoting ourselves and trying to get people to fill in application forms, but how do we manage the prospect pipeline? And we're gonna to talk to you about that today. And Anthony's underselling himself because he's worked with all the big, the big majors as head of marketing in all the big, big companies that you would have heard of in Silicon Valley. And uh, he's built scalable solutions that are now used by millions of people throughout the world. And so we brought together my education background and his ability to build highly scalable technology systems to get it to find Inquiry Tracker. So um, let's get on with the show, I think, Anthony. So we're really proud that we're right now we're in 150 schools across all the three sectors. We're focusing in on three countries, Australia, New Zealand, United States, but one core focus designed and built by educationalists in Australia. It's nice to have an Australian product that has been taken to the world rather than the other way around. So Anthony, the agenda, please. 
So we're going to go, I think we've covered this in, in detail. So I'm going to start to dive into these are the three topics that we talked about in the original invite, the challenges, the new norm, and how, how analytics are going to be a critical part. So there are going to be takeaways for you today. Um, and there's going to be some tips that we recommend that you, you can do and you can start implementing tomorrow. And then we're going to do our demo. So when we think about the challenge, especially around online applications, right? So traditionally, uh, many of you have probably um, always had the ability for someone to fill out a paper-based application. And, and you may still have to offer that requirement today for a a variety of different reasons and you're faced with often these common challenges that sometimes it's a bit hard to read the the writing that that, that they uh they have entered uh you've obviously got to transcribe that data so there's a fair bit of work in doing that and then you've got to store these applications and often they're in dedicated uh, rooms and and you've got to and these could be thousands and thousands over the years and often they're just it's a very time consuming exercise um and there's a whole process that you have to deal with it once you get them how you manage it all Likewise, some of you say, well, we've gone to online uh, forms and, and it's either just a, um, you know, a, a digital form like a, um, you know, a survey form they're filling out or there might be a, a digital version of a PDF that they uh, enter in the information in there. So that might get submitted into a spreadsheet, may not be stored in a central database, which is, which is one of the challenges. You still got to get the data transcribed over and it's really hard to sort of go through and handle how do you all those supporting documents because they've got to upload things like um, birth certificates, school reports and transcript, transcriptions and, and, and immunization records, etc. So when you think about those, just as, as you just start to get the application, the challenge you have is you still always have many of you have to wear different hats, you don't often have a lot of time to get things done. You won't know who's going to apply until they actually do now that might might sound really obvious, but it's really important. You know, it's, it's more like, hey, how many leads do we have in our pipeline is different from, or how many applications have we received? So this is where we're gonna talk about those in the metrics. You're gonna to wanna to know your yield rates and your conversion rates as they come over. How do you track an audit trail? If there's some change that happens to an application and you wanna, they've entered some incorrect information, it's gotta be changed. You've gotta have all these checks and balances to make sure that everything is tracked um, uh, safely and carefully. You've got to handle these blended families because not all families are the traditional two parents and two kids. Uh, you've got to handle things like missing documents. Have I got all the right signatures? Have I got the right signatures? What about some of these privacy issues? Where is all this data going to be stored? How do I process the money, right? And often there's missing stuff and you've got to go track it down and, and you spend a lot of your time doing this. And it really just takes an awful amount of time. I don't think anyone would, would disagree with any yeah. of these particular May items. I just chime in on that point, Anthony, about opportunity lost. And the schools might be saying, okay, we are paper-based, we are PDF, we're doing all this. And the, the point about opportunity lost means is that if you're doing that, you're not doing something else. You're not doing a higher order task because you can't get around to it because the, the administrative... Uh, call to action has got to be done. So the typing, the data entry, the storage, the manual up, uh, filing of documentation, that has to come first. And there's only eight hours in the day. So if you could free that time up, uh, that would be quite remarkable. So that's what we mean about opportunity lost. So I'll let Anthony talk about processing the data as opposed to data. Yeah, so when you've got those forms in, whether it's paper-based or, or digital-based, you've still got to go through the process of, you know, 
I've, I've, I've accepted this application. Is this for the next year's cohort or five years time? Do I file it in the manila folder and put it in the second drawer and deal with it later? Or do I have to deal with it now? So you have to have some sort of processes that you track, you know, when is this going to have to be dealt with and what do I need to do with it now? So you have to make those decisions. Then you've got to have your, your, your own processes where you'll have things like, well, here's my pending application file. Here's my current in, in review manila folder. And, you know, these ones have got the yellow sticky tabs on it because I know that they're pending some information. I've got to follow up with them and I've got to call up their, their parents and say, hey, listen, you didn't send in the birth certificate. You missed that info. Can you please get it over to us or the baptism certificate or whatever it is? And so there's all security around these submitted documents. You can't leave them lying around. They've got to be stored under lock and key. You know, you've, you've got to follow these processes up, you know, religiously, right? You, I think you all know that. They all know the things about simple verification, how to handle blended families, all the issues around various things like court orders or just careful communications that you've got to know. And then how do you prioritize families that are coming in? So you know all of this stuff, but if it's left in the paper-based world or a simple digital world, it's really hard to stay on top of this. And we're going to talk about some of the questions that I bet your principal of you asked yourselves and you need to get those answers quickly, right? So often one of the things that we ask our schools, hey, do you know why families accepted your school? Do you know why they rejected your school? Like what, what were the top three reasons? And how are you making your decisions about your marketing programs or messaging if that's the case? So it's really important. Here's a good tip, you know, make sure you ask this question. Every time someone rejects you or accepts you, ask them what were the top three reasons you accepted our school? That's a tip I recommend you take away. And then of course, capturing key data and following up when it matters. This is the point when someone says, hey, I'm applying to your school, but let's say they're applying, but they're not applying for the next year cohort. It's in five years time. Well, you've got to follow up in the right, in the right manner. So using technology, this becomes much, much easier. And the other thing is if you're capturing the right information like that start year, one of the things we always recommend is capture their interests so you know what programs you can put them into at your school, right? Are you trying to build out a girls golf team or a robotics team? If you know those answers, then this is something interesting you think about having on your applications. Also, we always recommend is, hey, most families, statistically speaking, have more than one child. So think about getting your new leads by finding out who their siblings are. So Greg, I think I'll hand it over to you unless you have any other comments on that you wanted to add. No, just that last one about when you're getting these general inquiries, asking siblings interests, you know, what special programs you offer. Schools have a remarkable difference. Uh, airlines struggle with remarkable difference, but Eddie Head and Qantas would be aghast if you said the same thing. Schools have much more to speak about differentiation. So talk about areas of specialist flagship programs that you offer when you're capturing those initial inquiries and also find out whether they're an alumni or not. Alumni love to know that you know they're alumni and hate to tell you that they're alumni because you expect that you already know it. And, um, you know, so again, asking a simple question, are you an alumni or an alumni of our school? Yes, no. And what year it can be a, uh, an epiphany moment uh, when, when you um, uh, have, that, have that knowledge and have that data. So let's talk about the new norm, which is part two of our presentation today. Uh, three key points to the agenda. We really feel that there's been a paradigm shift, that the world is rapidly moving online. And I think um, with 
Sheila running 70, was it 70 webinars that Neil said that Sheila ran last year, which is extraordinary. I think she needs a pay rise, Neil. Uh, the, world is, <laughs> the world is moving online, Sheila. And what's really interesting that once upon a time when, you know, training might've been conducted on site, now is quite acceptable to be conducted remotely. You know, people are having meetings remotely. All this behavior um, has happened rapidly and COVID has forced a change in behavior. I think when I was um, chatting with the CEO of uh, um, Zoom, uh, he told me that they went from 20 million users to 200 million users in uh, three weeks. So now there are some staggering amount of users. So people are, uh, are online more than ever before. And actually has got some amazing statistics around when we've surveyed a couple of hundred thousand records that we have across all of our schools. And we understand how did those records get into the system? And Nancy, do you want to share some stats around, you know, this kind of the amount, the, the, the volume of data that is coming in via websites now? Yeah, I think the interesting thing is, Greg, that as you pointed out, the world's moving online. There's not too many people that don't have access to the internet or aren't doing their research to find out about your school or asking friends and trying to learn about it. And what happens when they come to your website? What we're finding is 94 to 95% of all inquiries you're going to get for your school, more so than ever, are on your website, right? So tip number one is make sure a family or future family can enter in their information by asking a question or requesting some information on your website. Don't forget that. But what's really interesting is that of those, about 68% of those are going to be for school tours. So this is a remarkable statistic. And that is that if you think about the cycle of a, of a, a prospect, they're going to go, oh, I'm interested in learning about the school. They're going to research, talk to friends, ask people about you, read about you, go to your website. Then they're going to ask a question. Oh, do I have to be Catholic to come to your school? Or do you have any special, um, you know, STEM type program, science, technology, engineering and math programs? Um, and they might want to ask that question. Once they learn about that, then the next thing they're going to do is I'm going to find out more about the school. I need to do a tour. And I think most schools that we've dealt with have told us, hey, listen, if I can get someone to do a tour, I've got a high probability of converting them. So 68% of the inquiries that come on your website are going to be for a, or a, a tour registration. So tip number two or three here is make sure you have like a book a tour button front and center on your website, right? Like don't, don't not have that on every page and it should be up in the top level nav. Yeah, Correct? yeah, absolutely. And the point being is even if they're, even if the first level of awareness that you have of the relationship is I just received an application form, there's been an interest and an inquiry journey before that that you might not be aware of. So I think it's about capturing that front end of the funnel and then managing the application process. And we're seeing next-gen behaviours. I don't know, if I've got four kids and hardly any of them use the telephone to call anybody. They're all texting, messaging and filling out forms. They don't speak, they don't call. Now, my kids are aged from 17 to 31. So guess what? rapidly people don't pick up the phone to call the school they just want to find out the information on the website and send a message so but the good thing is is technology is more accessible and affordable than ever before to solve these problems and you know again this idea of i've come to an open day i've sent you a message i've i've, I've filled out a form i came to a tour the frustration imagine if i came to open day last week and in three weeks later i i want to now want to apply and i gave you all the information i'm thinking I just gave the information to the school. Why do I have to fill out all this info again? 
And Anthony will address that information a bit further in the, in the discussion. Let's go through to the next slide. So let's talk about trends. Technology is rapidly changing. 100 years ago, we had horse, bark, horse and uh, buggies and blacksmiths, and well, they're long gone, at least you know, 75 years ago. And you know, internet was only invented you know, 30 odd years ago, and iPhones were only about 12 years old. So technology is rapidly changing, but there's been an expectation that business functions are now online as well. People expect that schools are well and truly in the digital age. And that expectation of customer services is increasing all the time. And they, people don't necessarily wanna pay any more to get it. I expect that I've got air conditioning in my car, you know, six airbags, you know, no longer a CD player, I want Wi-Fi, I want a TV screen in the back seat and blah, 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 but I don't want to pay any more money, but my expectation of what's in the product has increased. So my expectation of how schools handle my relationship has increased. And if we're not doing it, guess what? It's causing brand damage. So treat your future families like potential clients. People see themselves as the customer, not the grateful client. You know, our parents sent us off to school and said, teach them, learn, we're grateful. Now they're thinking or saying, I'm the customer here. If they say that, guess what? It's an implied product purchase. Now, what's really interesting in the independent and private school market, particularly under COVID, and this is just a curveball here, is that if we are continuously in remote learning, could parents argue that there's been a breach of contract? I am no longer getting the services I expected, i.e. athletics teams, performing arts programs, science labs, ovals, canteen, et cetera. I don't want to pay the same money anymore because there's been a breach of contract. That's just a side note. It's just something to reflect on. But choice is all pervasive. Old brand loyalties have shifted and this is impacting on education. Just because my kids went to, I went to a certain school doesn't mean my kids will go there. And just because my three kids once upon a time would have all gone to the same school, now they might be different schools for different uh, children. And parents are far more willing to pull their children out of school and change schools than ever before. Anthony. Yeah, that's a that's a lot a lot of really important stuff that you said there, Greg. And I think the one thing that resonates for me is this idea of uh, customer service and how you level up on your brand and messaging and how it has to permeate everywhere. It's not just on your website. It's the experience when a prospective family walks through the front door, how they're greeted, um, how they're greeted by staff, how they're greeted by students. Do the students look at them and say, welcome to the school? Is there somewhere I can direct you or help you? But those sorts of things are really good brand elements that, that people affect. And I like to call it the halo effect. These will propagate out. Greg likes to say, hey, word of mouth isn't why they pick your school. It's the result of the work that you do that makes them want to pick your school, right? So anyway, coming back to the, the point I want to make here is this is a, um, a, sample, a, a school, not a sample. So it's a real school, farm school is a, a school in Tasmania. And um, I'm just illustrating the point. And this is what I want you to, I want you to do this as a homework exercise. I want you to go look at your own website after the webinar and ask yourself, can I quickly find how to request a prospectus or an information pack? Can I quickly find how to book a tour? And can I apply today, right? The front page of your website, if I click again here, is focused on getting leads. This is one of the most important things I want you to take away today. And you don't have to always have an apply button in the middle of the hero image. 
this could be book a tour or it could be something something else that you want to promote but you should always have them up the top here up the top where they can get in look here's the here's the flow i want to learn about your school let me get some information i want to learn more about your school i'm going to book a tour statistically speaking these two numbers are going to be around 95 percent of your leads these people if they do this there's a high probability they're going to do this so thinking about today's marketplace you've got to have this mindset you've got to think how do i go about servicing my audience by delivering this ultimate experience um, for them online so that's your that's your your homework that you need to do and one of the other tips i'll say greg is that uh, often i like to say hey ask a friend someone who doesn't know much about your school but they're a friend of yours say hey could you go to our website and um, just see if you can book a tour and, and tell me what you think and get, make notes of that experience. That's the good idea. Um, so let me just sort of, uh, sort of recap on this and thinking about how, how things have changed. Like, you know, over, at least over here in the States, there is no, you know, my two daughters have gone through university and I guarantee you there's no university that would be handling anything that's not digital. Like they're all digital. And, you know, I think all, it doesn't matter how small your school is, if it's a you know, 20 student school, you should start to think about how do I use technology to capture the information I need and to automate the process? Because most of you wear more than one hat, right? You, you're time poor. Sometimes you're technical poor because you have to say, oh, I've got to learn that technology. Therefore, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stick with my paper-based solution. That's not going to work. At some point, you're going to run out of hours in the day and you're going to have people that decide, you know what, I'm just not going, I'm not going to deal with that school. I'm going to go to another school. So we want to make the experience absolutely stellar. Don't make those families fill out the information degree. I think, I think Greg made that point before. Um, and so I think when people think about this application process, we really want you to get on the front foot. We want you to start being proactive starting to embrace technology, starting to give this white glove experience, really wow these so you can focus on delivering on your brand and following up easy. And you can do that. So it doesn't matter if you think, well, I've got a full enrollment pipeline. I've got a long wait list. Well, I guarantee you the longer the wait list and the bigger the pipeline, the more emails you're going to have to send, the more following up you're going to do and the more analytics that you're going to have to have to go and mine. So that's probably a good segue back over to you, Greg, on the, on the data, this part, yeah. bullet point three here on the, on the presentation. Yeah, and this is our third agenda item, instant analytics. So if we um, can just advance, please, Anthony. Uh, so in terms of reporting, let's think about um, the typical questions that it would be quite reasonable for a director of admissions, a director of marketing, a business manager, a principal or a board to ask for. How are enrolments tracking for next year, uh, Anthony? Uh, and often the response might be for the besieged registrar, I'll know more after open day. Uh, what's, by the way, what's the inquiry to application ratio? How many inquiries did we get for those 75 applications you've got on your desk? And you might say, I, I don't know. What's the yield rate for enrolments? How many applications were started but not submitted? Anthony's point before is, how do you know if you had an application until it arrives? Well, you can use technology to find that answer. Why did they choose to come to our school? What was the reason they decided to withdraw again? And by the way, how many people enrolled from Open Day last year? And how many personal tours did we do last year? And how many of those people who came to a personal tour converted? Those, about, those eight questions might send you into apoplexy, but then they could ask more. 
they could continue the discussion and go, oh, by the way, what's our gender mix looking like? Because we're a co-ed school. And I'm really interested. The board wants to know the alumni splits. Are they going up or down? And, and one of the board members also wants to know about our uh, geographic uh, uh, spread. You know, what suburbs are we trending in up or down? Because the business manager needs to look at our bus routes. Um, and where do our students come from, by the way? And the answer is not, most schools tell me when I ask that question, where do our students come from? The typical answer I get, oh, they come from everywhere. Everywhere is not an answer. The kids come from preschools, learning centres, primary schools, what have you. It is a known list. And let's, are they strong or is it down? Is ABC Learning Centre going up or is it going down? Is our primary school going up or down? And what are the overall tr trends compared with the last five years? Are we tracking up or are we tracking down? All those questions are actually reasonable questions to ask. Getting the answers might take days. And that was the genesis of why we built Inquiry Tracker is to answer questions instantly with one click. To, and if you use digital technology, you can get these answers really fast and a whole lot of others, of course, as well. Yep, exactly. So the key here is to become proactive, you know, collect the right data and use technology to automate as much as possible. Be environmentally sustainable and save paper. So if you're not using printing out P PDF files and paper-based applications, then we're going to be making our bit to, to help with uh, being environmentally aware. Families expect a certain level of customer service, so stay on top and proactively follow up. Follow up with families that have not completed that application. What about the family who started an application and didn't submit it? Focus on expanding your pipeline. Are there other family members that you could grab? Well, they've submitted an application for Peter, but what about Cindy? Invite families that have yet to complete an application uh, who are on your, who came to open day. Why don't you invite them to complete an application? Send them a letter, send them an email, get them to click on a link. So all Anthony often speaks about getting the right family to your school. People are shopping now more than ever before. They're selecting, they're making careful decisions and they're changing all the time. And that point about having families enter data once, I think we've touched on a couple of times which allows you to focus, if the family is entering the data, then you can focus on the higher order activity around analyzing strategic planning. And in order to do this, you have to automate it so you can understand the metrics. Anthony. Yeah, well, this is, you know, this is, this is what we're all about. So this is how we're standing, segue into sort of part two of this, this webinar. We know the lifeline of your, every one of your schools is future enrollments. So we like to think, wouldn't it be great if schools had an integrated smart online application and enrollment solution? And we also like to talk about that as this superhero experience. So, you know, think about people use different devices to browse, whether it's a tablet or a phone, they come to your website, they fill out one of these forms, they should get a nice email. Most emails, believe it or not, are read on a phone, more often than not these days, so it needs to look good and work on a phone. And then you need to have some sort of analytics on the back end to understand what's going on. So Greg, what I'd like to do is I'm gonna break out of this and I'm gonna jump over to Inquiry Tracker here and I think we'll start a scenario here. And maybe if you want to sort of take the, uh, take the lead here on, um, on my uh, dashboard, and I'm going to go back to the start. Sure. And basically, we're going to go, we're going to lo log into Inquiry Tracker. If I was a director of admissions and I was, um, uh, I can't see your screen yet, Anthony. You'd have to just share the other uh, Inquiry Tracker screen. It's just still on the PowerPoint at the moment. Okay. Um, so Greg, just to come in there, sorry if I can. So you're now moving um, to part two about the 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 offer and the launch of uh, apply. Is that correct? That's correct. We're going to talk about um, uh, Neil. We're going to talk about how apply can actually solve 
all those issues we've just addressed and uh, or how technology can so solve all those issues as addressed. So really this is, yes, Neil, the Australasian launch of uh, our, this platform called Apply, which is the, we like to think about the, the, the inquiry tracker being a tiered cake, so to speak. So it's a fully integrated uh, system. And this is the next tier that we put onto the cake. Thank you for that. And it's really just to clarify it for our members. So part one of this uh, webinar has been to explain uh, the need and the issue of online registration. And then as a separate uh, component, uh, Inquiry Tracker are now going to uh, do the conduct the worldwide launch of this new product, which will hopefully address those needs that they've spoken about. So back to you guys. And absolutely, Neil. And this is just, uh, you know, this is explaining what technology can do. So this is a fictitious call called Sorrento Grammar. And I'm the Director of Admissions and I've logged in in the morning and a business manager and a principal could have also logged in. There's a whole raft of things that we can see in analytics, but we're not going to go that. We're going to focus on the online journey. So I can see for year 7, 2022, I've got 14 inquiries and nine have already applied. That could have been 140 inquiries and 90 applications. So again, the numbers are irrelevant, but it's tracking real names inside the database. Now the phone could ring, reception could answer the phone, and it's Mike Brady on the phone. So I, if I was a receptionist, I'd just click on the student list and it's Mike Brady. It's about my son and I've typed in Brady. It's about my son, Greg. And I click on Greg's record and I could have thousands and thousands and thousands of records in the system, but I've got, it's about my son, Greg. Can I speak to the director of admissions? Certainly, Mr. Brady, looking forward to it. And I know Greg's starting in 2022 and I believe he's at Erica High School. Fantastic. And I'll put you through now to the director of admissions. Director of Admissions answers the phone and says, hi, Mr. Brody, lovely to chat to you. And uh, I seem to recall um, that, you know, Greg is uh, coming in in year seven, 2022, and he loves art and drama, fantastic. And I also can tell if I scroll a bit further down that um, Mike Brady is an alumni of our school. He's got a little mitre hat there. And uh, he, if I click on Mike Brady's record here, I can see he's the father. And I can quickly go in and see that Mike Brady he uh, lives at 24 Netherly Street, Glenaris, Australia. He's got an email, a work and a mobile. And he was an alumni of our school and he went here in 2020. So I'm, I've got, I'm absorbing all that as we are speaking. And you know, Mike, I know you're an alumni of the school because he's previously told us that on maybe an open day or a tour registration form. So let's look at his interactions. I can see he's got another, a wife called Carol. Uh, I can see he's got a sister called, Greg's got a sister called Marsha who's looking to come at year seven, 2023. But look at the activity log that we've had with his family. I can see they had a personal tour. They booked a, had, had a personal tour on the 5th of February. They've registered for a, a virtual school tour on the uh, 20th of 10th in, in last year. And recently on the 14th of the 1st in January, they rang up, we made a note and they asked us about our performing arts uh, program. So we can see this inter history of interaction between uh, us and this family. And uh, we're chatting away and uh, Mike Brady says, uh, hey, look, uh, I was just wondering when uh, applications uh, uh, open for, for the school. And I say, Mike, that's very timely. I'm about to send a broadcast out to, we've got 140 people looking to apply to our school. You're one of them. And you're gonna get an email from me in a few minutes, along with a, another 140 people. I go into the comms module, which I would have already designed and done. I set up a beautiful template, which might be called application deadline is fast approaching with our logo and our brand and I want to personalize this. So 
I use mail merge technology by saying, dear Mike, dear Carol, or dear Brady family. Wanted to let you know that you can now begin the formal application process for Sorrento Grammar. Please start your application today with a hyperlink as the deadline is the 15th of March, 2021. Please don't hesitate to call me if you've got any questions. Yours sincerely, Director of Admissions, hit broadcast. And I'd like that email to go out. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's evening, I'm, I'm typing away at the evening. I don't want to send it out now. I want to send it out at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. Let's schedule that email and send it out to 150 people or the world. So Mike Brady receives the email and the beauty with Inquiry Tracker system is that all those emails, you can track to see who opened them, what was the click-through rate, how many people, you know, Mike, we could even see how many times Mike clicked on the email. And he'd say, well, Mike clicked on the email 10 times. He's really keen um, or what have you. And so Mike gets the email in his inbox and I'll hand back to Anthony, who's gonna play the role of Mike Brady. Thanks, Greg. Um, so now I've got that email and I've clicked on a link and I've gone to the, um, the school website. So in this case, it's our, our fictitious school is called Sorrento Grammar. And again, I just wanna highlight, we've got things like book a tour, get information, apply today or need help. So let's say I wanted to go uh, and apply today. So I'm gonna click on this and this is where the URL would have taken me straight to this particular page. It's apply now. And I can see I've got some welcome text. So this is, this is part of apply. This is all configurable in the back end. So it'll say, dear parent guardian, please start providing the information requested below to begin the process and applying uh, for your child's admission to our school. And so all of this text has already been written by us and it's already pre-configured. Of course, you can change it. Now, for security purposes, we don't want that email that was sent to Mike being forwarded around and someone else clicking on that link. So I've got to go off and enter in the correct email address. So I'm going to enter in this email address and I'm going to hit next. So what's happening now is um, on the back end, Inquiry Tracker Products Pipeline has received this request and it said, I'm going to now send out an email to that email address with a code. All right. So I'm going to go back to my email and I will grab my code. I don't think that you can see my screen right now, but I'm there no, with me. Or I just bring no, it back. we can't see a screen, but I'll explain. Anthony's now going to his inbox, grabbing the code that would have been delivered to him, which is uh, which will time out after a period of time, 594-987 and hits verify. And if he, if he needed to resend the code, he could get it again if he needed to. And look what's happened. Mike Brady, uh, who lives at 24 Netherly Street with a mobile phone number, has two children, Greg and Marsha, Remember, you saw all that information in the system because they'd come to open day or they'd rung up and asked for a prospectus or you'd gathered the preliminary information. We could choose to start an application for Marcia. We could choose to start an application for Gregory. We could choose to start an application for another child. But for the purposes of today's demonstration, I'm going to ask Anthony to start his application for Greg because Greg's going to start in year seven next year and Marcia's not starting for a few years yet and he doesn't want to do that one just yet. So all those choices are available to, 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 to him. So now I want you to take note of a few things. Greg Brady is already there. Greg, he's male, he's Catholic, he's in foundation, he's at Erica a High School, he's looking to come at year 7, 2022, and he likes drama and art. All that information has been pre-populated into the application form to help the uh, person complete the form. It's a nice professional thing to do. The extra requirements, Anthony could add and make some changes. All these lists that you see here are completely configurable by the school. So if you don't offer a Duke of Edinburgh program, don't say you do. And of course, this is a great opportunity, Anthony, to collect a future sibling data. Now we know about Marsha, 
But Anthony, we didn't know about Peter. So you want to put in Peter Brady. And obviously we don't want to put in the whole Brady bunch because you know how old Anthony and I are because we, that's what we grew up on. And, you know, we could put in a birth date if we wanted to. Uh, obviously, Anthony could put in other relatives, uncle, aunts, grandparents who might have attended the school. We'll just say no for the sake of time here. Terribly important, who does the student live with? Both parents, mother, father, guardian. Now, again, pick lists are configurable. So if you want to put in legal guardian or some other relationship, you could put in very easily. And again, you know, where does the student live? What's the country of birth? What's the country of nationality? We know citizenships are really important. And whether this is, um, you know, in New Zealand, are you a New Zealand citizen? Are you an Australian citizen? Yes, no. If you know, there's all the international visa subclass, names on passports, expiry dates that many of you will be familiar with. Let's just say the answer is yes, that he is an Australian or New Zealand citizenship. If you're Indigenous, so if you're, a, uh, if you're in Australia, it's all about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. If you're New Zealand, it would be Maori or Pacific Islander based. And again, the uh, list is editable. What language do you speak at home? Let's say the family speaks English. And I'll just uh, let Anthony keep going here. Does the student have any special needs? Now, Greg didn't have any special needs, but let's say he did. Anthony, what would be the answer here? So you can go through, if you, as soon as you hit yes, you're gonna have the additional option to say, you can pick one of these, these are another list. So let's say I had, you know, vision impairment or, or some sort of learning difficulty, I could pick any number of these, I can pick more than one of these. I can pick several of these and mark them off. Or if there was another one that wasn't there, I could go ahead and add it. But let's just say I pick those three, Greg. And you can see they're added there in that list. And again, as we know with complex blended family situations, there's often court orders attached. So again, if these are mandatory fields and someone answers yes, you can make that they have to upload documents about the court orders or the classroom funding later on. But in this particular instance, Anthony's gonna mark no court orders, no classroom funding requirements. Um, again, if you're a faith-based school, Catholic, Christian, Lutheran, Muslim, Jewish, what have you, there might be certificates that you require to be uploaded to pr proof of religious uh, but if you do, are not a faith-based school, this can all be hidden or used for something else. For example, um, oh, we want to know if this child has got a 25-metre swimming certificate or have they done a Duke of Edinburgh program? Fine, you can add them to the list and rename everything. Every field that you see, every field name is editable. Every prompt text that you see, please enter the date and student received each of the following, is editable. What's mandatory is uh, uh, controllable by the school and all the pick lists are controllable by the school. And this is a, a nice one, Anthony. A lot of schools like to know if this student has enrolled at any or applied at any other school. Talk to us about this. Yeah, so in this case, if, if this is important for you, um, we, I've just put in three sample schools here. Uh, you could have uh, 12 if you want. And often this is if you're a, um, a school district or a diocese where you're, you're really sort of helping families you know they have a first choice second choice third choice sometimes it's nice to know if they've applied at another school and you can ask that particular question here so let's say i said yes i'll say i've applied at st williams for example likewise as i go uh, go through and you can add add to these you can change these and add more to them uh, medical conditions if there are any medical conditions you can customize these to suit let's say i've got none of these and of course immunization uh, more important than ever we've just added i just went ahead and added the COVID 19 vaccine I know they just started applying that in Australia, but you can have this as a list uh, now as on, on one of the accepted vaccinations, or you could have an option that just said, yes, I've all standard, you know, 
vaccinations have been received. You could have any, anything you want there. So let's just say I picked, you know, these two particular ones. And now when I've finished that, I, I just move on to the next panel, right? And so what we've done is we've divided this up into these six panels. So that's all the student information. Now I have to deal with the parent information. Now, like Greg talked to you about the student data, all the family data has already been pulled in. So being Mike Brady, I don't have to enter in any information here. I just have to go through and say, oh yeah, this is all great. It's all right. Is my postal address the same as above? I'll say yes. Now, if it was no, and I had to enter in say a PO box, I could say no, and I, I'll get to enter in this new information, but I'll just say it's yes. Uh, I know I've already pulled in the alumni information over. Um, I've got my standard fields for things like workplace education. So I can go fill in the uh, census data. So it's, I'm a group A person. I am, have a year 12 or equivalent uh, level of education and I have a bachelor's degree. And I won't fill out all of these fields, Greg, at the moment. Um, I could know where this, the, the parent was um, born, what country and what their residency status is. So let's just say it's a citizen. And one of the things that are really important is their fee responsibility. So let's say I said, um, this person has full fee responsibility. We've all automatically populated the second contact. So I don't have to fill out any of this information. It's all in here. I do need to answer a few questions just to make sure that they're the same. So say yes here, I'll skip over all of these. I can also say yes, it's a citizen. And for fee responsibility, you're not gonna have any responsibility here. Last thing we need to do is I need to confirm that there's no parents or guardians will be added. Because often when someone starts an application, let's say they're starting a brand new application, you've only got one parent, one child. So often you still wanna know who that second parent is so that you gotta to have to, for, they have to say, I'm not gonna add any more. And we will always default to two contacts. So the idea is that they're gonna fill them in, but they have to acknowledge this. Then of course, if they uh, have any emergency contact info, I would have to fill that in. Now I'm not gonna, fill out any of this contact in, info. And, and basically when you start filling out an address, you've got to have all the fields, but if I don't fill out any, they're not going to be required. So I'll just zip onto the next panel, Greg, which is documents. Uh, so this is terribly important. And, you know, a lot of schools require different document up, uploading. And it's, this is Anthony's point of where, where do all these documents get stored? You know, we need a birth certificate. We need residency eligibility certificates. We need um, different um, upload of different certificates. And Anthony has just gone off and uploaded a, uh, a he, you couldn't see his screen, but he went off and uploaded a, a birth certificate and it says etlogal.jpg. If he uploaded the wrong thing, oops, I could trash it. Uh, made a mistake. I uploaded the JPEG logo rather than the birth certificate. Change it eligibility status you can see that he's got only up one file is required here and he has to upload another document so he's going to his desktop and uploading another document about you know where does he live you've got to prove that where you you know for zone schools and so on uh, immunization certificate is not a required field here you could upload your immunization register school reports is an interesting one let's say you said oh i want your naplan result and i want your last your last two school reports. So there are three documents to upload. So you can set a minimum number of files required as being three. You have to upload three until you upload three, you won't be able to submit the, submit the um, so your instructions could say, please upload the grade six report, the grade five report and the um, NAPLAN result as three separate files, please. Great, fantastic. Great, on we go. Um, uh, faith certificates, if that's important to you. Again, any references, all of these can be switched on or switched off and made mandatory. But again, Anthony and I have reviewed hundreds and hundreds of applications, and these are consistently 
common factors that are required. So if you do not ask references, you can switch this bit off. No problems at all. Back yeah, to you. Any of these blocks, yeah, any of these blocks can be hidden. You don't have to have them there. Um, so it's, it's nice. And then, uh, look, I've just got some Latin placeholder text here. So this is the idea where you would come in and now they're going to they're gonna handle the conditions. Like what are they agreeing to by filling in this application? You know, they agree to abide by the, the policies and what are the conditions of enrollment? So you've got some text blocks that you can customize to suit or you can remove them. There is a concept of a declaration. So they're basically your copy to say, hey, basically what I'm entering in this form is true and faithful. So they agree to it. Um, I give, if I, if I can go off and give permission to any consent. So this could have been equally for uh, field trip consent, could be for photograph consent. It could be, um, you know, um, I, I approve to contact my prior school to discuss my child's records or whatever. You can do those. And then you've got the terms and conditions. So let's say I, I do hit this one, Greg, and I'll deliberately leave that one off for the moment. Um, we've pulled in that we knew that it was word of mouth because that came in on Greg Brady's form when they filled out their event registration, we knew that. And this is that question we're talking about in part one of the presentation today. Why did you select our school? So we like to say, try to get them to only pick three, no more. So you could say, well, I, I wanted it because it's faith-based, uh, the fees and their mission values and culture. Let's say that those were, and if I hit next now, and, and, the reason, and the reason why, Anthony, you might only pick three is that you don't want people selecting all 27 reasons because they think if they select all 27, they're going to somehow go up the queue and then the, the data becomes meaningless. So that's why we uh, speak about three. But Anthony, you can see that if he deliberately missed a field, he's going to say, hey, hey, you missed something. So go back, Anthony, please. What did you miss? You can see I've missed this field here. This is a red asterisk required field. So I just say hit, I agree. And now I can go on to the next panel. And of course I can go back and forward any time and keep going back and forward and to review stuff. Now I'll go to the next one, which was the signature panel. Um, so here I can go off, it's, it's me, Mike Brady. I, I say, yes, I'm the, I'm the legal parent. I can sort of you know, do my, my, my signature here. The date will automatically be stamped as today's date. And then there's Carol Brady. And so, you know, let's pretend Carol was also here. And I hand the, say, hey, can you come and sign this, please? And she just, she does, you know, her signature. So now you've got both of them. And if I, if there was only one signature there because one family member was not available, um, was, you know, traveling overseas or whatever other reason, you always can have this opportunity to add in some, any additional information. In this case, I don't need to, I can just hit next. So now I've, I've successfully filled out all my first five panels and now I'm ready to go ahead and pay. So if I'm going to go pay by a credit card, check, cash, or let's say I'm going to pay by online banking, I can say, here's the details. I can go grab all this information. I can make sure I, and I probably enter in, you know, you have to entry, you know, fee of you know, $55 or $120 or whatever it is. You'd, you'd update this description to match then they would go do it. And once you've, everything is done, now, if everything was submitted correctly, in other words, there's no error messages, this is going to say, hey, congratulations, you've, you've, your app has been now submitted. It's got a, a stamped, unique identifier for it. And we've already sent an email over. And what I can also do is I can now view the submitted application. So if I click on this button here, this will give me a generate me a copy of the on the fly of that application, everything I just filled in, and I can now print this uh, to my printer. I can't edit anything. You see, I can't go through and make any changes here, but you can see that that is that has all been done, 
right? So this is this point about the, does the parent get a copy of what they just submitted? The answer is yes. Does the parent get a personalized thank you email in their inbox saying, dear Mike, thank you for successfully receiving, uh, we've successfully received your application for Greg. Here's a unique identifier. Click this link to download a copy. Yes. Can that be personalized? Yes. So all that's available. Now I'm the director of admissions. And I know there's a couple of questions, Sheila, that we can deal with uh, toward in the last uh, five or 10 minutes, but now I'm the director of admissions. My email's just pinged to let me know that uh, an application's just been received. I go into my applications uh, section um, and I have a look at how my applications are going. So this is me, my worldview, my team's view. And I can see that I've got a whole bunch of applications. I've got Greg Brady has just been submitted at the time and date down to the second. I can see that Marilyn Munro has submitted an application which has been finalized. I can see Naomi Watts has been finalized. I can see that jo Johannes Johansson started an application but didn't submit it. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe we'll give Johannes a call and say, Johannes, I understand you started an application and weren't able to submit it. Um, oh, I thought I did, Johannes says. I thought I hit submit button. Oh, actually, no, you didn't. Could you just log back in? And Inquiry Tracker will remember everything that he had done to that point, and he hits submit. Or he says, or she says, oh, thank, for, thank you for ringing. I couldn't answer question 14. I got a bit stuck. You know, can you help me? And you help them, and then they hit submit. How do you know an application was started that you didn't receive? Inquiry Tracker can tell you by using digital technology. This is this thing about smart online application system. Smart, we're using as a particular word. Uh, so Andy, Greg, yeah, sorry. Yeah, what, why don't we just go in and have a look at Greg, Gregory Brady. Not, one thing I want to point out, when we were looking at Greg Brady's record at the very start, he had, uh, we track the application, we track the student status. And at that time, uh, I don't know if we pointed it out, but his status was um, of, uh, in the interest stage. He was at the very top of the funnel. Um, but now his student status has automatically been set to application received. And Greg, if, if one of those applications was in progress, this student status would not say application received. It would say application in progress. And that is part of pipeline, which is in the base level module of inquiry tracker, right? So that's, that's really important point, but all the data that was filled out and I'll just scroll to get my screen, just like this, everything you see here is basically exactly what, the family was looking at when they were filling out the form. And you can see I, those extra fields were added. All the extra fields I entered on that form are now inside apply, all right? And so I think what I might do, Greg, is just explain a little bit about these different areas on the screen, or maybe maybe yeah. you do it since you're the, you're the director of admissions here. <laughs> yeah, I'm the director of admissions here. One of the questions that just came in off, off, offline from Amanda, um, Amanda, just do you have to have a payment process as part of the application? No, you can switch that bit off. So no, you don't have to have a, pay, a payment that can be done later. Um, and so yeah, all that is configurable uh, by you. As I said, field names, uh, field prompt text, pick lists are all configurable by the school. Um, in terms of what you're seeing uh, up in the top panel, Greg Brady, his application ID, the date submitted forever in time, we have an archived record of what was submitted and I can go back to it down to the second. What's even better is every time he rings up and says, we've changed address. And we've got to say, well, we want to preserve the original application. He's rang up and he's told us he's changed his address. So I want to change his address. 
Will Inquiry Tracker date stamp that? Yes, it will. And will it make an archive record of that? Yes, it will. What about it if two years later he changes his address again? Will it, can I date stamp that one? Yes, it can. So we have a comprehensive unending run of audit trail every time you save an updated application, which is incredibly important for this whole idea of audit trail. So if someone says, I never told you, I never filled that out in the application form, show me. I didn't agree to that. You can actually bring up the original saying, well, actually, you know, Mr. Brady, you did. Here's the original application form. Oh, but I've changed my address. Yes, we can go back to that one and change that one and see that one as well. So again, there's this idea of we go through and put an application in review. So this is terribly important. This is all about sort of document checks. You go through, he's answered all the questions, but you now need to look at the documentation, Anthony. Can you explain this bit, how this works? Thanks. Yeah, first thing you do is you go double check all the data. Did they make any typos? You just scan through this list and you, you double check all these fields for the student, the parent, um, and then you go to these document sections. So what's interesting about the document section, this does look a little different than on the web form that we filled out. And the reason is, is that you see the logo, the size and the date and time, and you know who uploaded it. That was the, the primary contact did. But let's say you go, I'm going to review that. So you can download this and you can review it. And then you just say, hey, let's say I, I looked at it. You could say, you know, I'll, I'll click on this, this uh, green pencil, say, let's pretend it was correct. You know, all good. I'm going to mark this as complete and I'll say, okay. So now what I can do is I scroll up, just I want you to look at this, this checklist summary at the top here. And I'm going to change the status now to say making it verified. So now we get the green light for birth certificate. So anyone looking at this application doesn't have to go to documents, scroll down to a particular one to see, hey, have all these documents been reviewed? So likewise, I can go through residency eligibility. And let's say I said, you know, that's pretend they sent the wrong document. I'll say that's pending. And pretend all of these were, you know, I can go through and I could mark these as all done. School reports, because there might be three or four documents, each one you could go through and check. And then you could say, okay, the whole thing now is verified. So as I keep going through all my docs, I'm gonna to start to get my green, yellow, and red lights. So a red light is, hey, that was, it was just invalid. Like it was a invalid expired court order. Let's pretend that was it, for example. All right, we better get a little wriggle on here, Ant, because we've only got five minutes left. So um, what we wanna do here is also say a um, couple of things. So if someone up, uh, uploaded the wrong document, could they send you the right one and you upload it? The answer is yes. And at some point we want to make any changes here. And then we finalize this document and if we made any changes, everything syncs and finished and marked as complete. And that's done. Yeah, so when I do hit save, it is going to synchronize this back to pipeline and it's going to reset the student status uh, and set everything up. So we're automating that whole funnel process. So this will be set to application complete. So now yes. do I go, I, I think we can go back to the deck, right, Greg? Uh, I think absolutely. And I, I'm just conscious of answering a few questions uh, that have come up uh, in the discussion. Uh, Sheila, did you want to sort of walk through some of those? Because I know you've been keeping an, an eye on some of them. We can perhaps answer a couple of top line ones and then come up to the final takeaways. We've got seven secrets that we want you to remember. And we've got a special offer for all the people who've joined us today and given up their, their, so much of their valuable time. And uh, of course, there's all sorts of questions around comp compatibility with student management systems. Yes, the data can be sent to various student management systems. We've got lots of different student management systems that we work with from PC schools to Synergetic to... 
um, uh, SAS to all different types of student management systems. So whatever student management system you use, uh, rest assured, we've got a solution for you. Um, uh, Sheila, a couple of those questions that you might have. Yeah, okay. So you've answered uh, Anita's question about pushing data to Synergetic. Um, a question from Ebony. Can they list their school preference if you're asking about applying at other schools? So, you know, when they select um, all the different schools that they've applied to, can they select which one is their preference? Um, currently, no, but it's an easy feature enhancement for us to make. So, you know, again, uh, the roadmap of feature enhancements, uh, Sheila, is very strong. There's probably 200 suggestions in the roadmap, and I'd say 185 of them have come from schools. And of course, uh, we prioritise them and do quarterly releases and everybody gets the, we don't build individual features for individual schools, everyone gets it. Yep. Perfect. Okay. If you nominate two parents for fee responsibility, does the form collect two signatures? Yes, yes it does. Yes. And they're, they're going to be mandatory. Um, can you have multiple permission consents? For example, Panadol Media field trips. Uh, right now, you have one permission consent block, and you would have to put in all of those in that one block. But it's not something that would be difficult for us to add multiple permission blocks. We could do that down the road. Okay. Um, I presume you can talk about this later on um, or on an individual basis. I'm not sure. Does Inquiry Tracker have tiered pricing based on number of enrollments in the school? We have four uh, tiered pricing based on uh, not the number of students, but the number of not the individual per capita pricing. So our pricing model has very, been very static. It's been the same for two years. And we uh, have a tier one price point for the small schools from zero students to 500. Tier two is 501 to 1,000, 1,000 students to 2,000 and 2,000 to 4,000 students. And we don't care how many inquiries, how many applications, how many thousands of emails that you send out, the price is the same. And we can, we can um, provide those proposals. And it's the same for every school. So there's no sort of special favours done for schools. It's the same fixed pricing and we can go over that with you to any, any school who wishes to have a proposal. But we've got a bit of an offer coming up in the last couple of minutes here, um, Sheila. Just conscious to get a couple more uh, uh, questions answered if we can. Um, yep. Have you sought advice on the legal validity of the scribble signature? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Obviously, we can't provide legal advice to the schools, but in terms of general terms, if I sign a hand-signed document and send it to you, how do you know it's my signature? It's, you don't. Unless I say, well, provide a copy of your driver's license so I can compare it. So, of course, you could do the same thing online. Provide a copy. I'm going to make driver's license a mandatory uploadable document, and I'm going to make an eyeball comparison to see if does that signature look like the driver's license. I could still forge it. I could still forge my wife's signature. I could still forge my wife's signature on a, a paper-based application. The same problems that exist with paper exist with digital. So, Really, uh, you can solve the problems. In terms of legal advice, we can't really provide it, but um, you know, most of us have been signing documents online for some time. Interesting question here from Sophie. Um, yeah, this is, I, get, I get this one. This is about yeah. um, how, how do you, Sophie, you know, has, has, I put my application down um, at, at, when my child was born, but they're not actually starting for another 12 years. How do I manage the sort of the, uh, the, the, the document upload data is not relevant at that time. It's much more relevant later on. Yes, we can cater for those situations. We can, we can perhaps do that justice in a personalised uh, demonstration to schools who want it rather than trying to wrap it up into the last two minutes. But the, the simple answer is yes, it can be accommodated. Uh, and we've got one more question that we'll get to. Um, 
how can our admissions committee review these applications? Well, that's um, that's really yeah. easy. That's very very easy because the uh, the committee can all be provided access into Inquiry Tracker. You can do a group presentation. You can say, "I'm going to bring up all the uh, files that are in in review or pending." Uh, pending could be, "Well, we're waiting on the committee's decision to see whether this position is going to be accepted or not." And if it's going to be left in pending or it's going to be finalised, all the statuses. Uh, Inquiry Tracker has four fixed stages: interest, applied, enrolled, and declined. What governs them is unlimited substatuses that can be set up by the school. So a school could say, "Yeah, this application's been finalised, but we're not going to offer them a place yet. We're going to put them on a wait list." And so, and those wait lists can be as complex as you like. So, in, in again, in simple terms, yes, it can deal with that. Okay, and Greg, I'm really aware of the time. So the other questions that we have, um, we'll put them directly to uh, Greg and Anthony and ensure that we get an answer for you. So over to you guys. Yes, just to do the final wrap up. And we're so pleased that everyone who started this webinar is still on. Um, so Sheila, so hopefully that uh, indicates we've done a reasonably good job at uh, answering yeah. the, the professional interest that's been aroused today. Two or three slides here just to wrap. Anthony, please. Numbers have actually increased, Greg. So it's it's <laughs> thank you, Neil. Yeah. So, Anthony, can you just take us through this last couple of slides, please? Yeah, this is part of a bit about our philosophy here, Greg, and that is that we want to be able to create a stellar experience, this whole brand experience. We think it's all about engaging with your future families, communicating with them, amazing them, over delivering on the content, and, and obviously getting them to enroll. And there's these key elements that have to happen in this process. And that's how what we've done with in our inquiry to make a product line with pipeline and apply is sort of go from left to right and give you all those insights so you have all the data. So I think we've sort of shown you part of that today, not all of it, um, but it's really critical that you easily capture that info, automate the personalized emails, handle all the on-site event management and open days and tours, have a seamless, smart online application process and give you all the analytics. I think that ultimately is is clearly it. So Greg, let's, you know, why don't we just close up here on those, these, these are the tips that I wanted people to remember. So these are your sort of good takeaways. So make sure you're, you're all online, you're digitally automated, make sure those buttons are up there on your website, make sure you use a centralized database, have the family enter the data into those forms, right? And don't make them do it twice. Use data entry aids to get good solid data integrity. So you don't have uh, bad data and make sure you send those automated emails and use a system to manage that whole online application process and get the analytics. Um, and then Greg, I think, you know, you can you can talk about this last part and that's it. Uh, thank you. Just uh, um, firstly, a big thank you to Neil and Sheila for putting it on today. And I urge if you, because this kindly, Neil opened this, uh, this webinar up to non-Educate Plus members. I urge you, as I have personally been, to be an Educate Plus member. It is the peak body in Australia and New Zealand for professional development. We are proud to be a platinum partner and Neil, there's no danger of ever dropping off, off that one. We love the relationship. What's People often ask us, Neil, what's the bit of difference that Inquiry Tracker does? Well, there's lots, but the foundation has been designed by educationalists and our products are constantly being enhanced and further refined in a partnership with the schools. We don't see ourselves as a, a web-based software company. We ourselves as a partner and in our educational solution for schools. In that, our philosophy, we offer free fortnightly professional development for all of our clients. Every fortnight, there's an hour you can join and get professional. How do I run great open days? 
what do I do about my collateral? How should I enhance my uh, application system? Um, and today, Neil, we're absolutely thrilled to offer um, your members and, and the non-members have joined today a 50% off the establishment fee, which represents a saving of up to $1,500, if, which is, you know, we're pretty chuffed about that. Um, if they book before the 31st of March, so there's plenty of time, you know, good five weeks to, you know, contact me, contact Anthony, uh, you know, say, obviously we don't expect you to make a decision based on today, you know, book in a presentation, a personal presentation with your school um, and or shoot me an email if you've already decided, say, Greg, send me a proposal and we will respond. Uh, we pride we have 24 seven, uh, seven days a week, global help. Um, so our team is spread all around the world to ensure that you can get uh, support and assistance anytime you need it. So Neil, I'll hand back to you for the final close and uh, to Sheila, a big thank you uh, from Anthony and I. Thanks, Greg and Anthony, uh, and congratulations. Um, Firstly, not only on uh, a great presentation on the online challenges, but on the development of your solution apply. So on behalf of Educate Plus, we wish you well with this worldwide launch. Uh, we thank you for your ongoing support of our organisation. Um, I thank everyone, the significant number of you who have uh, participated today, wish you well. If you're interested in the uh, Greg or Anthony's um, products, again, his contact details are on the, uh, on the screen. So thank you all, I wish you all a great day.